Welcome back to the X Podcast. You are listening to the voice of Ooh. Russ Moore sitting across the table from Tim Moore, yeah. adjacent mm. to Jesse James McCoy. Hey. How are you? Wait, your middle name isn't Jesse, is it? I mean, James? James. It is not. Sorry. That's a famous uh, I, gunslinger. I, I'm yeah. familiar with who Jesse okay. James is. I just didn't know if that was actually Did you your know middle there's name. There's another famous Jesse James. Yes, yes there is. Yes. Yep. Let's oh, go I was thinking about somebody else. Who are you about, uh, there is, I believe she's a singer. She's mildly oh, attractive. Oh, yes. Mm. There is that mildly Jesse James. James Jesse James Decker, yep. isn't that right? Yeah, sure. There is a singer. <laughs> yeah. But no, but I, James the is one I thought about name. was the West Coast Chopper guy yeah. that you're thinking That's of. That's how I usually think of. Mm. Okay. None of those, but no. we have the other, the world famous, yes. locally and speaking. I, and I'll explain. <laughs> locally world famous. Yes, locally <laughs> world famous. I'm gonna. Here's where I'm going to put my fearless co-host on the spot. Mm. There was a just off the press blazing uh, trend while you were on break okay. uh, of um, hot topics that mm-hmm. me, Jesse James McCoy, mm-hmm. and Zach Toes in the Sand Brown did. Mm-hmm. We did three of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> they were, Toes in the Sand. <laughs> they were, what, what, what was it? Um, what do we call them? Uh, hot, hot, take. hot takes, hot, hot takes, hot takes. Did you ever listen to them? I listened to part of it. I didn't finish the one. Part of it. We did three. I listened to part of them. I listened to one of them, and I didn't okay. listen to all of them. They're great, though. How did you make? How that, that make you feel? Hmm? How's it make you feel? Hey, you know what? He was on sabbatical. Yeah, that's true. Okay, I didn't listen all to right. any of that stuff. While I was on sabbatical. So, J- so Jesse James is back. Uh, <laughs> Wait for, a minute. Are we going to do hot takes? <laughs> <laughs> At some, some point. point, we should. Okay, then I'm going to save this one that I've written down. Yeah, I save, wrote one down. It, I'm going to save it. Save it. I'm going to save it because I want. I've got. We, I've we got need to have take. one. We need to bring an extra seat in <laughs> the four of us. Just do. Wait, who an, was the, the the Zach Brown? Zach was on the. Was he on all of them? Mm-hmm. You guys did the same yep. ones. I didn't mm-hmm. know if you changed it. So nope. So we need to do one with the four of us. That'd be fun. Let's do it. Uh, Jesse's here. He doesn't need a reason to be here. He is a fan favorite. But I'm going to tell you. One of the specific reasons he's here for this one in a minute. A couple weeks ago, we started kind of, a, kind of a, maybe a higher level conversation around the power of words. We've done a ton of podcasts around the power of the words that you speak. You know, um, there's no shortage of books out about the power of words. Uh, you know, Scripture says in Proverbs, the power of life and death is in the tongue. We all know the power of words. Words can ruin your day. Words can make your month. Someone can speak a word destructive enough to stick with you for life. Um, and so we know the power of words, but we kind of tried to elevate that, not just to the power of the words you choose, but to the power of the language you use mm-hmm. with the understanding that the language, kind of like, and you know, ton of gritty examples. There's a lot of funny videos right now about office jargon. Mm-hmm. You know, EOD, circle back, brass tax, you know, we're going to ping back, you know, there's, there's, and you know, then of course, listening to you and IT, <laughs> IT world, and oh. we go into the Tolkien language of, okay. of, of hyperdex and embedded supernovas, <laughs> but, um, and every, and then medical fields, you, you listen to people yep. in, you know, hospitals, you, you know, they talk like it's normal with a mm-hmm. ton of abbreviations and made yeah. up words. And, and, uh, you're just like, I don't know what any of that means. All of that is Okay. In certain contexts, as long as that quote-unquote code language, there's an understanding and agreement of what it means, A, and B, that it's used for efficiency and not for attack or agenda. Mm-hmm. And so we started a conversation on 
how important is it in everyday life to pay attention to the hidden meanings, narratives, power behind the words and language we choose? And we started with God speak, God language. Mm-hmm. And we talked about what's the power of God language. It's funny. I was going to read it. Right after we did that, I came across this verse in the message, 2 Corinthians 4, where Paul literally said, we don't twist God's word to suit ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's, yeah. I was like, I wish I had that when we did ours. Yeah. And it's funny because we got done with our podcast, me and you both were like, I don't know if that helped or made any sense, but the feedback yeah. has been really good that I think it struck a chord. I actually thought of one funny other phrase. Mm. Um, this is something I heard uh, old uh, T.D. Jake say 10 years ago in a message. You ever heard somebody, and I say this, like I've been struggling with something, mm-hmm. and I think that's a, it's a, an acceptable thing to say and to use, yeah. but I heard T.D. Jake's joke in a message one time. He said, you know when we say we're struggling with something, uh, that's what Christians say when they, what they mean is I'm still doing it. It's <laughs> 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 like, dang. Yeah. It's pretty true. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, all right, so we did the power of language when it comes to our faith. What I wanted to have a conversation about was the power of language when it comes to our relationships. And a couple of years ago, I think I told you, Jesse James, that I started to get uncomfortable as much as I love the fact that it's become normative to go to counseling, go to therapy, go to professionals. I think that's an amazing thing. We talk about it openly here. We did a series about it. But I started becoming uncomfortable a few years ago. The more I heard people overusing yeah. and, in my view, misusing mm-hmm. pop psychology terms. Mm-hmm. And then we've, I think, done a few podcasts about it. I think we brought it up to Dr. West. But I was shocked when about a month ago, I actually finally saw secular articles start coming out mm-hmm. about the danger and the limits of therapy speak. And so I know, I mean, you've talked about it, but mm-hmm. I also know your job, you work with Next Gen. So you work not just with a ton of people your age, but you work with middle schoolers, high schoolers, you lead people that lead kids. So mm-hmm. I know that you are inundated with this, and I'm just curious, uh, you have any thoughts? Oh, I have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> just want to jump right in. Just jump right in. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I mean, I think it's an important conversation to have because um, there's kind of two sides of it is obviously in the last 10, 20 years, there's been much more of an, a, a cultural acceptance of, hey, let's talk about mental health. Let's talk about the struggles we all have. But with anything, the pendulum can swing too far the other way to where now we are using really heavy terms mm-hmm. like yeah. trauma, yep. um, you know, gaslighting, all this stuff for everyday interactions in our relationships yeah. to where, man, I just, I'm just gaslit everywhere I go. Hmm. Like, no, it's not really how it works. You know, yeah. it's sort of like, you know, we've been given words that uh, almost like, you know, you can't just diagnose yourself with some medical kind of condition, mm-hmm. but we've all taken this stance of we can diagnose psychological issues. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I, I, they're a narcissist, mm-hmm. you know? Like, yeah. do you actually have the authority to, to claim that or know that or mm-hmm. yeah. actually use that term? So, um, yeah, I think just my first thought is, you know, we've, <laughs> we've been given tools we don't know how to wield, I think, for yeah, most of us. Yeah, that's good. Have you seen from your seat um, a, a definitive uptick in the use of this? Oh, 100%. Yeah? 100%. Just I in mean, the last few years? or like, just... Yeah, I mean. Do you mean like an actual 100% or are you just using the phrase 100%? No, 100%. <laughs> Actually, 102.4. 102. Okay, it's doubled. <laughs> no, but like uh, it happened this week, you know, in middle school. They were talking about, oh, I have this trauma. 
right? Yeah. And so yeah. you don't like when it's a <laughs> how do you approach that? Wait, wait. Like, what was the can can we state what the middle school person's trauma was? Mm, uh, well, percent? I don't know. Okay, exactly. Um, like, but when you hear a so it could have been a real that, one. The, the reality is, but I mean, it could be like really I got could. Sus- it could be like I got disciplined and I'm not allowed to play Xbox for exactly. a week. And I, this, exactly, I got this trauma in my life. In my experience, it's usually that. Hmm. Oh man, my parents are just they're just horrible. They're abusive. Like what yeah. do they do? They took my phone away. Like, yeah, it's like that's not abuse. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I, that, and I won't get too specific. I think that was the. F- that word that you just used was the first time I got really concerned because I heard somebody throw that around and I was in kind of a mediating moment and I stopped because I didn't know all the details. And I said, Hey, so when you say abusive, like what happened? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I said, I want to know. I didn't want to, I didn't want to make assumptions either way because either way could be dangerous. The mm-hmm. last thing you want to do is to minimize or disregard someone that's been abused. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, that, that word has power accusatory destructive power if it's not true mm-hmm. and so i asked this person and the more they described it i'm like wait so you were not physically abused no like, well no and so explain like okay what what happened and then my again i'm not a psychologist but my my understanding of the word is i was like oh i don't even even know if there was emotional or verbal abuse mm-hmm. and i was like oh wow we're we're in a minefield in this cultural moment yeah um, and so, and then you shared that you said okay. that Laura Lee had said, okay. said you were gaslighting Here her at dinner. Here it goes. The other, this is that thing we <laughs> talked about on the podcast where people couldn't know that you're lying. Okay. <laughs> I, I, that, I think what we have is a, it is, I think you kind of highlighted what we've seen in culture, which is a, an acceptance of the, um, psychology world when it comes to our mental health and mm-hmm. our experiences, what has come out of that is a whole lot of people armed with weapons they don't realize what they're armed with. Mm-hmm. And so, especially right now, I mean, there is, you know, if you follow the news, um, there are a whole lot of accusations that are just, that are, they're always coming out about abuse, about other things, mm-hmm. and, and, some of them are just awful sounding and tragic, but we also live in a time where just the accusation alone mm-hmm. carries so much weight mm-hmm. that for people don't realize, I think sometimes that to throw around these terms, mm-hmm. you can, you can destroy someone's life mm-hmm. when it's not true. Yeah. You mm-hmm. throw out the term of he was abusive to me. She was abusive to me, you know, or a kid wants to just throw out, say, my parents are so abusive toward me, blah, blah, blah. And somebody just hears a little piece of that. Mm-hmm. Well, next thing you know, they're calling children's services mm-hmm. because they feel like they have a duty to report. And they heard this kid talking about their parents being mm-hmm. abusive and didn't get the context. And the fact was that they mm-hmm. disciplined them because they or did not do any of their assignments at work and they got an F in their class and they, you know, whatever. Yeah. And so they basically said, you can't go anywhere mm-hmm. for a week. Yeah. Or doing it, you know, or get on my phone. And yeah. next thing you know, you got child services showing up at the door, investigating, maybe taking yeah. the kids out, you know. And so I think we, we just have to understand we live in a time, in a cultural moment where just an accusation is carries so much weight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. E- even if legally it doesn't pan mm-hmm. out or maybe something didn't. We also know that just an accusation alone is enough to ruin people. Yeah. What was it? I, we've talked, probably talked about this before, but was it the comedian Bill Burr that said um, 
his what was it? His belief is that uh, they should not be able to ever publish publicize an accusation, only a conviction. Yeah, um, which I actually think would be an incredible idea. Yeah, because um, mm-hmm. I think there's just think, so much danger. I think one of the fears that some people have is that whether or not the way our justice system is set up, that it would be. Like, you could have somebody, I'll give you an example, you could have somebody, and I've, I've read stories of, like, abusers in colleges, mm-hmm. male abusers in colleges have taken advantage of women and other things that nothing's happened to them, yeah. even when they did speak up, um, and, and cases getting thrown out because either someone knows somebody or because yeah. they're bad evidence. And so some people would say, I, I, I agree yeah. with you in one sense. Uh, another side of that, some people would say is, yeah, but I would want to warn anybody yeah. that was potentially around this person just because the court system didn't side with, you know, or wouldn't even admit certain evidence that end up being not yeah. a conviction. No, that's true. I but think, I, I mean, so there's a, there's a. Yeah, we're. And, 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 I, and, I, and I think anybody should be allowed to say whatever they want to say legally. But I guess I guess his his point was the media shouldn't publicize something that's just yes. speculation, and there could be argument right now that while what, what you're saying is very true, I, I don't know if current momentum right is is going the other way or not. Sure, currently. But anyways, that's a side trail. There's we can get into all the dangers of therapy speak in a moment. Why, why don't we go ahead and first look at some of the words? I mean, you mentioned yep. a few of them, mm-hmm. um, and I, I mean I don't expect anybody at this table to have memorized the. Webster definition of all these, mm-hmm. but gaslighting. Um, <laughs> what, what does that mean? <laughs> why, why are you laughing? <laughs> uh, I just, I remember it was not that long ago. Um, <laughs> you and I were talking, you're like, I think it's been too long. I'm not really sure what that term means, but it's been too long. I can't ask anymore. <laughs> That's very true. You got a uh, serious look. Oh, sorry. I was just. <laughs> I wasn't in this conversation, so it's not as funny. You to me. probably do have the Webster's. <laughs> yeah, you probably. No, do. I don't. But I have something in front of me. But it's not that. So oh, go let's ahead. hear it. No, let's go. It says gaslighting or the experience of being manipulated into doubting your feelings and perceptions of reality. Yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. So, so basically, if someone, you know, an example would be if somebody tells you how how they feel, and you somehow turn that back around to make them feel crazy for yeah. feeling that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You you invalidate their feelings. You turn it back around. That would be an example of gaslighting. Usually, I yeah. think, and most people understand this in relationships, I think it's also where you say certain things that it's like throwing gas on the fire, right? That's, that's a simplistic way of understanding. I think gaslighting is that. I don't think that's it. The idea is that you're actually causing, you can cause more harm and damage by the I language that saying. you use. Okay. In a re- I'm using that as an analogy based on the words. But oh, okay. it's the idea of you're, you're not only just dismissive, but you can also... You, you're by you're being dismissive. It, you're by, po- yeah, yeah, you're poor. That's I, yes. Yeah. That's, that's kind of the idea of yeah. So, so there's gaslight. There's um, how about this one? Toxic. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. We uh, as we talked about what we were doing, somebody was in here about to leave who has very young kids, elementary school kids, and was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm so glad y'all are doing this." She was like, "I hear my elementary school kids use this. Like, mm-hmm. oh, this is being toxic." <laughs> Yeah, and so I don't have the again. Maybe that one's is, almost become a slang term too. Like hmm. it's not just like toxic in the you know mental health field, but it's just like when you're being annoying. Oh, you're being so toxic. Like it's it's become a slang <laughs> become, term. Yeah, yeah. So that's interesting. You got one generation who's saying that to their parents, and mm-hmm. they mean it, mm-hmm. not in that other sense. But the parents going, I'm, 
I'm not being toxic. Yeah. yeah. Which, again, I, th this may be a lack of preparation on our part, but I, I would assume the connotation of toxic in the clinical sense is when something is so dysfunctional, mm -hmm. a relationship or a context or a home is so dysfunctional that it becomes harmful, yeah. uh, manipulative, dangerous, mm -hmm. destructive. Mm -hmm. um, uh, another one would be abuse. Mm -hmm. So, again, we know there's different layers of abuse. There's verbal abuse, emotional abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse. Um, but in the clinical sense, it carries a very extreme uh, definition to it mm -hmm. of what abuse means. Mm -hmm. um, but, I mean, what, what would be an example of where you hear that more in a flippant, flippant term? Abuse? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, when it comes to any, <laughs> any relationship that's broken up, usually one of the parties says, mm -hmm. well, you know what? They were just abusive. They were emotionally mm -hmm. abusive. When in reality, I mean, maybe they were. Yeah. But maybe in reality, they you just didn't agree with on everything. Yeah, maybe got and some heated arguments. Their differing yeah. opinion felt so threatening that you labeled it abuse. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we, let's, let's, we hear this with church. Yeah, well, let's. Add, okay, so maybe maybe what would be helpful, you know, again, we we live in the world of of um, we live in a social experiment called the church mm -hmm. community, and we spend a lot of our time dealing with challenging situations at times through pastoral counseling and other things like that, but we're not therapists, but I do think it'd be good for us to flesh out some of this because it, mm -hmm. I think that's the problem is the vagueness for which these mm -hmm. terms are being thrown out yeah. is w what can cause damage, not mm -hmm. only in a relationship, but maybe to someone's character or their reputation mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. whatever. And so like, I think a, a good one is you could pause on abuse or whatever and say, how, What's a good way to clearly delineate yes. so from the, something that is actual abuse versus I didn't like the way that yeah. conversation so, made me feel? So because this mm -hmm. is so important, you know, Google definition of abuse um, is to treat a person or an animal with cruelty or violence, especially regularly or repeatedly. Right. And so let's, let's just at least recognize that culturally speaking, going back, I'm going to go back, like mm -hmm. let's go back in the last century abuse was almost always reserved as a term for physical violence. Mm -hmm. That has changed over the last couple decades. Mm -hmm. There, there is other, and that's not the only version. Let me just, let me just say that. But typically if someone says, Oh, they were abusive. My guess is the first thing that all of us probably think of is physically abusive. Mm -hmm. You know, there are other levels of abuse. We see emotional abuse, mm -hmm. you know, well, how would you guys describe emotional abuse? I, I, I've got about three or four in my head that I can go through and think of forms of abuse. Yeah. But what, what's a type of emotional abuse that, that you guys would say? Like, how, how does somebody know in a relationship that actually someone is being emotionally abusive versus you're getting into arguments and fights all the time? Yeah, it's so hard. I, and I, and I, I feel like I need a thousand disclaimers. I'm not a therapist. Sounds, um, sounds like you are. <laughs> I'm not a therapist at all. I'm trying to be. Uh, okay, well, you asked the question, so who's <laughs> <laughs> at fault here? <laughs> I feel like you're um, gaslighting me, Tim. Oh, I, um, my. <laughs> That's Sorry, touche. Um, I think when, when I personally hear someone was being emotionally abusive, I think of someone who is regularly mm -hmm. uh, being uh, cussed out and spoken to in a way that regularly, repeatedly destroys their self-esteem. Mm -hmm. They're being um, called uh, derogatory names, uh, profanity. They're being, um, I, I, I think of those situations you hear of when someone is manipulative and uses words to, 
to basically trap people into thinking they can never leave. Mm-hmm. No one will ever love you. You know the reason that, like, like you hear those kind it's of stories. Your fault. It's, it's always your fault. Like, you're a horrible person. Like, no one wants yeah. you. You're worthless. You, you like, I, like, like, demeaning words that steal people's worth on a regular basis, I think of as emotional abuse. Yeah. I don't think of arguments, even heated arguments right. or disagreements mm-hmm. yeah. as abuse. Yeah. I also would say that a parent disciplining their kid is not emotional abuse. Now, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that a parent can't cross a line. Mm-hmm. We, we know that exists mm-hmm. into some forms of abuse. Yes. But, I mean, like, that's, I mean, that's mm-hmm. an interesting one of, uh, as mm-hmm. a parent, I think every parent tries, you know, yes. hopefully, oh, good parents, I know. All, all, mm-hmm. You know, to me, there's a difference between punishing or dis- or disciplining your kid because they did something yes. based on their behavior, and you're giving a punishment or yep. discipline that's appropriate to it, yeah. versus tearing your kid down. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say that emo- emotional abuse. I would say, and again, I don't know if there's much differentiation between emotional abuse and verbal abuse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think they kind of got to kind of go a little bit hand in hand. I think emotional abuse, verbal abuse is just probably getting cussed at, yes. just getting, you know, mm-hmm. someone's just ripping you apart with right. their words. I think emotional abuse probably, number one, it it's using your words, but it's way deeper. As mm-hmm. you said, I think it speaks to someone's value, their yeah. esteem. I think it dehumanizes someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, it, like you said, um, the the kind of people and one of the things that is common with abuse stories, mm-hmm. actual abusers, mm-hmm. is that when people are abused, either physically, emotionally, verbally, uh, sexually, it, it it tends to reason a lot of them have feel like they can't get out. Mm-hmm. There's a it, there's the manipulation portion of it has a hold on them, and so there's you know, isolating them from their families. There's basically telling them you'll be nothing without me. You'll never survive without me. You know, Mm -hmm. all these kind of things that really create a dependency, even in a really dangerous and hostile environment. Yeah. And I think that's probably some of what we're talking about. The Mm -hmm. challenge is that relationships and how they operate work really on a spectrum, right? You know, there's some healthy relationships. We have people that can communicate really well mm-hmm. when they're dealing with a problem to people that their emotional intelligence is so low that they don't have a self-awareness mm-hmm. that they don't that yeah. they that they just rip apart they blame they do mm-hmm. everything else into the point where it becomes abusive and i think because it's a spectrum it's really hard to sometimes find that line yeah and that's, and that's go, where here's I've, the line that's mm-hmm. actual abuse like you said yeah. mm-hmm. a really hard conversation or one where it gets heated doesn't necessarily equate to emotional abuse well i think that's where mm-hmm. not only is accuracy important and that's where professionals and like the article we were looking mm-hmm. at talked about the importance of therapy speak should be limited to being used by therapists <laughs> yeah um because let's be honest one of the things i just i want to be so gentle as i say this but um because there's people that may be listening or watching that you've experienced this, but it can't be overstated how imperfect the church has been over the centuries. And there are plenty in the past and present examples of people who have actually experienced abuse from the church. Spiritual abuse. And spiritual abuse, church hurt, those are two very different things. But And the damage can be, I mean, catastrophic. People walk away from the faith. People, I mean, you know, it, it, it just is. And there should be nothing but empathy and acknowledgement of that and, you know, healing and love towards that. Um, at the same time, I, I've seen this. I, I've, I've watched people that have genuinely experienced, um, from my perspective, vantage point, abuse. And then I've seen other people that 
I was part of the conversations they would later reference. Yeah. Where they just simply got offended and left. And then I heard them later on refer to, oh, I oh, was abused. Um, there's a lady right now. Um, you probably heard of her. You know, we talk about Jacob Salguero. He's this Instagram influencer right now uh, speaking to Gen Z. There's this other lady that's just blown up in popularity over the last two years. Natalie. I'm trying to remember her last name. But she was, a, she was raised in church, actually went through legitimate church hurt, has come back around, and um, she has this really famous Instagram handle called Raised to Stay. And she actually just came, you know what I'm talking about? She actually just released a book. And she, she's, you, she has a very interesting and I think important niche right now where she's speaking both love and healing to people who've experienced church hurt, but then also tough love to people um, who are using it as an excuse to throw stones or leave the church and become bitter. Mm-hmm. And she has this one really famous post that went viral. And the first part of the slide was church accountability is not abuse. <laughs> and the, mm-hmm. and that, Spiritual accountability is not yeah. abuse. And the, <laughs> Have that note. Uh, yeah, <laughs> right yeah. riff on that. Yeah, no, I just think one of the dangers, especially with younger generations, is obviously part of part of the role of the church is to surround younger people with older, more mature people that can hold them accountable to their actions. Mm-hmm. Say, hey, this, this is not the right way to live. I want to protect you from harm further down the road, mm-hmm. and I'm going to stop you in your path right now. But when you think you are in a place to diagnose mm-hmm. gaslighting, mm-hmm. and when somebody puts your own behavior in front of you and says, this is not a right way to live, and it makes you feel guilt, mm-hmm. you don't have the weapon to say, oh, that made you, you're making me seem crazy, mm-hmm. or you're making me seem like I'm wrong, or I'm bad, or I'm mm-hmm. this. Instead of saying, you know what, maybe that was a terrible decision, you now have the, the crutch or the, the, you can hide behind, oh, they just gaslit me. Mm-hmm. Like for yeah. the reality of, I think most people, not most is, I don't know, maybe most people that say, oh, I was gaslit by the church. Maybe, maybe mm-hmm. you were. That's definitely possible. Mm-hmm. Maybe you were just held accountable mm-hmm. and you didn't like the way it made you feel. Yeah. Yeah. Or you had a disagreement. I, I think this is a big enough, um, this is a big enough concept, like the whole idea of spiritual abuse and church hurt, that it might be helpful if we could just talk through maybe if you guys would think about it what are what are some scenarios again like i'm trying to define what are some scenarios that you've either heard of maybe you haven't experienced yourself or experienced that you would say this i agree with is spiritual abuse versus or you know because i think i think we've been around enough that anybody who leaves a church because they get offended is so quick to turn around and say i was hurt by that church and my experience has been when I talk to people, again, this is my experience, and I know that there is real, there's real church hurt out mm-hmm. there. I know it's a real thing. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm going to say something that's probably not going to be popular if you've been church hurt. Um, and when I say you are, you know, everybody, almost everybody seems to think they're church hurt because they left a church because they got offended because of something was said mm-hmm. or something they weren't allowed to do mm-hmm. or they didn't get invited to be on this team or they didn't whatever. And that is my perspective has been in pastoring for 20 years and talking to a lot of people who say they've come from other places and been hurt. And, and then what, what I've seen of people leave and say they've been hurt. And like you said, having intimate knowledge of the conversations that happened that those people have left and said that they've been hurt by the church it's a really, really small percentage of people that mm-hmm. I have seen in, 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 
and know of their experiences and leaving that actually would have a credible thing to say of being abused or hurt by a church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's hard because I think yeah. in any, and that's again, I understand my perspective is my seat's going to be different. If you're mm-hmm. just, if you're someone who attends a church and, but I, I've just seen over and over that whenever leaders mm-hmm. try to lead, mm-hmm. again, leverage, this is the challenge we have in the faith where, where scripture is our ultimate authority. And mm-hmm. as pastors, we just try to operate by what scripture says. Yeah. And, but, but in doing so, it really sometimes puts a, a situation where people get mad, they get offended. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've had people, for example, we've had people in leadership roles, not on staff, but mm-hmm. in like l- volunteer leadership roles where they're leading a team of people doing other kind of stuff that we find out that they're living in a way that is just antithetical to the Christian life mm-hmm. and what we would expect for someone in leadership. We had somebody years and years ago, I remember that we came and we had to sit her down uh, from leading a team, mm-hmm. volunteer team. And we told her why, and it was because of lots and lots of people uh, reporting back to her things that she was doing, not married with somebody else from the team, staying over the night, all this kind of stuff. Basically a relationship, a very intimate relationship had developed uh, in there, and you would have thought that we just took her out and flogged her. Mm. I mean, I understand that she was, you know, but again, this is mm. one of the situations of, I just want people to understand what yeah. we do. This is one of the situations of people leave angry, mad, how dare you come at me? You know, I'm sure mm-hmm. you have, I heard that, I'm sure you've got things that you, what if you had to have that exposed? Mm-hmm. Then, like this, all in this yeah. meeting of going, we weren't telling you you couldn't serve. We weren't telling you we hate you. We weren't saying, we're just saying, this has come to light. Do you, dis, do you, do you, do you own this to, you know, mm-hmm. just what well, we need you to step down from leading, not from serving up in this, but we just, we need mm-hmm. to help address this mm-hmm. because being in a role of leadership just requires mm-hmm. more. Mm-hmm. And those are the kind of, those are, that's just one. Scenario of situations mm-hmm. that we've had, real one, where people and they're and they're I've been hurt by the church. Mm-hmm. I know there are situations where people have been hurt because there have been bad leaders mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. the church all the way around. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I haven't done everything right. I get that. I mm-hmm. if I know, I'll go back to somebody to try to own it. But mm-hmm. my goodness, the amount of people that say they've been hurt by a church yeah. because they didn't get their way or what they hoped would happen is is high yeah in my opinion and i think part of the danger is you know what you said in the beginning of even just an accusation is so dangerous in our culture especially when you have these words like trauma abuse that it almost makes it so like if somebody were to throw that on you Mm -hmm. and they use those big mental health language like there's almost nothing you can say in response i know it's like it takes all the wind out of any any argument you could have to defend yourself or you know, have any counterpoint, it's just, then you're just invalidating their experience. Mm-hmm. I, I'll go so far as to say, and I'm trying to be very careful with what I say, we've had former staff members that when they leave, whether it's being fired or they quit, would literally post publicly about our church abuse, mm-hmm. this and that and that, only to a year later come back and go, I apologize, I should have never said that, I was in the right place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, I I will gladly yeah. accept and and mm-hmm. I don't have beef with you, 
Yeah. But don't think for one second you throwing around all those terms on social media and other things did not put some type of damage yeah. on you know what what people think about mm -hmm. that church. Yeah. Even if you come back around and go, yeah, I was wrong. Yeah, that's actually yeah. kind of skip ahead to something I was gonna say at the end. This may be an unpopular opinion. That's that's almost why for me, I don't even think it's necessarily healthy to have those words in your vocabulary. I actually think those words are helpful when, if you are, because it's just so, um, this is such a delicate line to walk. Because mm -hmm. what I don't want to ever come across as is a lack of empathy towards people. There is something so tender and, and sensitive and special but dangerous about a spiritual community because mm -hmm. you connect to the most intimate level. This is why David, you know, in the psalm said, I, I could have handled it if my enemies had attacked me, but it was my brother. Mm -hmm. When you connect at a spiritual level, there's something so special. And that is why the weight that we carry. Mm -hmm. And like you, I know I've made plenty of mistakes. Oh, my gosh. Well, And that's why I, I just always want to have empathy towards people that um, are struggling or have been genuinely broken or hurt. And I also understand that part of the way you respond to church hurt has to do with the level of spiritual maturity you're at. You know, mm -hmm. like I, I think because for me, I can look back on seasons and I won't go in detail, but I mean, I, I can look back on seasons a long time ago where I mean, oh, my gosh, I could claim a lot of church hurt where I had a leader over me and what I felt like was a heavy, heavy betrayal. And I, but for me, I guess I was fortunate enough to, to I expect that I expect that even in a community of faith, it's made of human beings, broken human beings. And at some point, there's going to be disagreements, brokenness. At some point, I'm going to be mistreated. Other times, I'm going to unintentionally mistreat and have to come back and apologize myself. Mm -hmm. I expect that in a community of faith. Mm -hmm. And I can experience hurt without saying, oh, that's Jesus' fault or the church's fault. Mm -hmm. No, that's me and another broken human being. Yeah. Um, and I love what somebody once said. They said, you know, the, the crazy irony is it's in the church that you're wounded, but it's also in the church that you're healed. Mm -hmm. And And so I... But, but I, I do think this is why, for me, I'm like, okay, I, I, this language, in, in my view, is powerful and helpful when you are actually with a therapist and they're actually helping you address genuine wounds for your healing, but not so that I can stay a victim um, or uh, use my own language to attack. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I, yeah. I, just, I think it's important just to kind of clarify because I think in the church world, the term spiritual abuse is, is again, it's one of these, it's taking a pop psychology kind of reference mm -hmm. today. I know mm -hmm. abuse has always been around, but yep. I'm just saying the way we understand it culturally yep. has been redefined. Mm -hmm. And then attaching spiritual yep. environment to it and spiritual leadership to it. Yep. And now I feel like it runs the gamut. It, it could be that... Uh, you had uh, a spiritual leader that, like, like we've said before, that one of the things that we do is, is we just try to hold Scripture up, not as someone who's perfect. And even Scripture tells us that when someone see someone sinning, go to them and try to restore them gently. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like it's one thing we've always tried to do. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, and I understand that there are leaders out there that are toxic. Mm -hmm. There are leaders out there that probably don't do that. The majority of the pastors I've met do not come across that way to me. Mm -hmm. But what I know of when I talk to them, other pastors, is, is that when somebody doesn't, when, when there's a pastor that says the way you're living does not line up with Scripture, therefore, mm -hmm. Scripture defines that as sin. 
mm-hmm. and you need to repent of that. Mm-hmm. There's people that go, that's spiritual abuse. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not where I usually see it, though. I'm telling you, though, but that's, that, that is, I'm saying this is one of the versions of what people sometimes mm-hmm. may say, and I'm yeah. trying to say is not spiritual. I'm trying to right. define what isn't and what is spiritual abuse. Because yeah. spiritual abuse is the idea of using spiritual authority, using spiritual position mm-hmm. to try to control or manipulate. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. That's spiritual abuse. Yes. And it, that is probably some of the worst. Next what? to physical, I agree. I think spiritual <clears throat> abuse is awful. And I think probably, and I want to pivot soon because I, I, I want to... Get back into relationships. Back into relationships. <laughs> but but, but I, I do think that this is, <laughs> maybe this is for another podcast. You know, we had a podcast a few years ago where we talked about because this, this is kind of another word that's more of a cultural hot button than it is maybe therapy speak, but is cult. Yeah. People get mad at church. They say, oh, a cult. <laughs> well, <laughs> a cult, you can't disagree. Mm-hmm. A cult, you worship the leader. And a cult, you can't leave. Mm-hmm. So if anything, we're an anti-cult. Because <laughs> you can believe whatever the heck you want to. Uh, we have very open feedback loops, and you can leave whenever the heck you want to. Yeah. <laughs> so we're almost like an anti-cult. Yeah. Um, but the root word of culture is cult Mm -hmm. and so it's weird i think one of the one of the tough things on this broken planet is a lot of times if you have a strong culture that's by intentionality you have parallel tendencies of what someone what the shadow side would be a cult i think the same thing i just is what came to mind when you're talking about um spiritual manipulation or abuse is where you're trying to control manipulate i think what's tough is if you have a really strong leader the shadow side of that is that can walk really close to what someone could interpret as your persuade your persuading slash manipulating. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that's not all another can of worms we could open later. But <laughs> I, I want to pivot back. I, I, I want to look at because I sent you the article. Mm-hmm. Why? Here's maybe just one 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 place to just hit real quick. Why is using these terms appealing? Just even in everyday life, why is using pop psychology terms, why is it appealing to us? Um, I think there's a couple of reasons. I think it's given us words that validate and justify every thought or feeling we have. Hmm. You know, like, yeah. it, if I can paint with such extreme language that it makes it seem like I'm right, mm-hmm. then, you know, hmm. then I don't have to change. I don't have to address any of my issues. Hmm. I also think that... It's like it gives you an Im- immediate moral high ground. Yeah. You're always right. And I think it also has the ability to make it seem like you are the victim in every situation. Yeah. I think it's very thinly veiled victim mindset. Mm, I agree. Because a victim can I take agree. no ownership. A victim has no control. And so if I can use these terms like abuse, trauma, neglect, gaslighting, whatever, then I have, it, I have no blame. I have mm-hmm. no fault. I've yeah. been treated poorly, and I think it gives us maybe permission to wallow in self-pity. Mm. No, that's good. That's really good. Um, yeah. I don't know if there's more to add to that. you have anything? No, I mean, I think, I think what he said is it validates how I feel, and we just have to recognize that how we feel in relational conflict is not always right. Yep. But, but we always – I mean, let's face it. We always are – we're pretty sure we're always right yeah. mm-hmm. in every argument, yeah. everything. I've been mm-hmm. married a long time. I understand what it feels like to always think you're right in every conversation and even drop the ones that you don't feel like fighting about, but still you're pretty sure you're right, mm-hmm. you know? And, mm-hmm. and so I also think that 
I'll just add to this. I think people go to that extreme language when they're losing. Mm. I think that's true. Yeah. <laughs> when, when you don't have a whole lot of ground to stand on, like mm-hmm. I feel like the, the hardest arguments that I've had have been when the other person, whether it's my wife and other stuff, where they've got a lot of evidence. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, no, you said this and then you did that. Well, you're just a... Well, you... I, I, you're, you're a know. narcissist. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and so I think... Would that be hilarious if I ever accused Lorelei of being, being a, narcissist? a narcissist? Yeah, that probably wouldn't happen. But I, I think that sometimes when we're losing or we don't have the vocabulary to... I think sometimes people may use it in... Let's face it. There are some people who are better arguing than others. Mm-hmm. And so some people maybe feel like they can't... You know, the other person's winning the argument. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think that the temptation is to just mm-hmm. throw out these kind of terms mm-hmm. instead of actually dealing with the problem, the real problem. So I, I think mm-hmm. what you said, though, is is great mm-hmm. in that regard. Um, OK, we've we've covered some of this, but I think this is important, especially if anybody's listening kind of from the other end. They're like, you guys, they feel like we're too extreme on the other side. Because maybe, um, you know, maybe it's accounts, maybe it's somebody listening right now that like knows a lot of people who have been true victims. Mm-hmm. So, I, so I think this is important. Let's talk for a few moments. What are some of the reasons why this language is dangerous? Why is therapy speak in everyday language out of context of a therapist dangerous? Well, okay. I was just going to say, I think it's, um, we, we're, I'll say what I said earlier. I think we're just wielding tools we don't know how to wield. Hmm. You know, like we, I don't know if you go around saying, well, you probably have, you know, coronary arthritis. You know, I don't know. <laughs> um, we don't do that. That's the thing. That's the thing. Coronary arthritis. Coronary <laughs> arthritis. <laughs> Is that a thing? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> but we don't do that, yeah. right? We know. I am not in a position to diagnose that. I'm yeah. not in a position to identify that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of us need to understand we're not in a position to identify some of these behaviors mm-hmm. on our own mm-hmm. uh, without the help of a therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the things in that article is leave therapy speech on the couch. Mm. I think there's many of us that need to do that because it <clears throat> is dangerous because it can, it almost can warp the way you even see your own reality. Yes. You can paint your own yeah. world with these. There's the power of language. These lang- the language you use will paint the reality you live in mm-hmm. right and so if you have all oh, this person's a gaslighter and this person was i've experienced this trauma i've experienced this mm-hmm. eventually whether or not it's true it'll become your reality mm-hmm. um and so i think for most of us we need to just leave <laughs> it's almost like we've web md'd mental health a little bit <laughs> mm-hmm. um of ah yep that's my symptoms i've got that yeah. well maybe we don't how about this one it hurts real victims yeah Mm-hmm. So, so maybe you might be a, a victim of abuse and you're thinking, well, don't, you know, don't be hard on the word abuse. But I think one of the reasons that we're contending to use intentionality around these words mm-hmm. is because they're actual, there actually are real victims. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the more you misuse, abuse and overuse a word, the more the word loses meaning. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one, one of the, connected to your hurting real victims. Uh, I, I wrote this one down, loss of language. I was reminded of the C.S. Lewis quote. He's, he, he, C.S. Lewis always warned us not to use words larger than the meaning because eventually we'll have no words to use. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I think when we, um, what was it in that article, they talked about trauma. Um, and 
I think the quote was, through an extended game, I thought it was an interesting phrase, through an extended game of telephone, trauma has lost the edge of its meaning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, here's another one I wrote. It, um, it broad brushes and dehumanizes people because there's no nuance. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to quote this therapist from that Vox article. She said, there are gradations of the human experience. And therapy speak terms are often the most extreme ways of describing those experiences. A friend can be selfish and not a narcissist. Mm-hmm. You can feel stressed without experiencing trauma. A partner can lie without gaslighting. Instead, mental health professionals urge you should embrace nuance and avoid pathologizing normal, albeit annoying or painful behavior. Yeah, I think that's so good, especially when it comes to teenagers. Mm. I mean, I, I see everything to a teenager produces anxiety. You know, there yeah. is no, I just feel a little nervous. You know, yeah. there's no, oh, I feel nervous before a basketball game. No, it just makes me anxious. Mm. It gives me anxiety. Mm. You know, it, we've lost like normal feelings in this somewhere. <laughs> like, it is normal to feel nervous sometimes. Yeah. And okay. It is normal to feel stressed mm-hmm. yeah. when you've procrastinated your homework. homework. That mm-hmm. is normal. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, oh, school is just oh, trauma. <laughs> school is trauma. <laughs> No, it's so good. You have any other? What was that? What was the original question? What, why is it dangerous? What oh. are the reasons that it's dangerous? Well, okay. Besides the things you guys have already said, those are good. I think it's dangerous in the fact that a lot of times when we say when we use those kind of terms, we are. It's like dropping a bomb on your relationship. Mm-hmm. And so, what I would say is that sometimes it's really hard to come back. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we're just angry in a moment and having a blow-up fight, an argument. Mm-hmm. And the moment you throw out, you're just abusive to me. Mm. Well, if they're not abusive to you, um, but you have labeled it, you, mm. you, don't, you may have just derailed any future hope of that mm-hmm. relationship because now there's going to be a fear in the back of the mind of that person mm-hmm. that... that you're going to, you know, accuse me of being abusive Mm -hmm. now again. So I think, I think, and again, there are situations where people are absolutely abusive. Mm -hmm. Uh, Usually the situations where people are really abusive, the person who feels like that they're, they're the ones that are recipient of feeling it usually will never call them out as being abusive Mm -hmm. (laughs) because of what they would, you know what I mean? What they get. So um, I, I think that there's a danger for the relationship. I also think that again, with with us understanding that there there has been a history as long as there's been humanity there has been an awful mm-hmm. history of abuse and power and control mm-hmm. and manipulation yeah. it's happened through the sexes it's happened through the races it's happened mm-hmm. through it's like we are not discrediting any of that mm-hmm. or your experience if you have experience mm-hmm. whether it's physical abuse or mental abuse spiritual abuse all, all of those forms of it um, but as we've been, that's the whole point of this conversation is that is the language of something that is extreme has become normalized mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to where it's really dangerous, I think, to drop those terms and that language and the impact, not only the relationship, but what you are accusing of that person of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There are some things mm-hmm. in some roles, some positions that there, this may never be a legal matter, mm-hmm. but just the accusation alone. Yeah. 
might be enough to destroy yeah. someone's life, their yeah. livelihood, their yeah. relationship at home. I mean, mm-hmm. you could be at work and you mm-hmm. you say this particular person mm-hmm. at work is abusive yeah. or is manipulating or is whatever. Mm-hmm. Again, yeah. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I'm just saying we have to be really careful. And so that's why I liked what you said, which was just in that quote, leave the therapy language for the therapy. Mm-hmm. I think one of the reasons why sometimes we don't, go to that point is because we don't have the vocabulary to often express how we feel. Yeah. And I think a big part of us as a society maturing in this area is developing emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. When you begin to understand, you know, we did a, a book in our staff kind of been going through emotional intelligence and there's a yeah. you know, foreman there that understands there's this many mm-hmm. categories and all of these emotions, which is mm-hmm. the gradation of your emotions, right? right. When you understand those things, what hopefully that can do is arm you with language to express how you really feel. Yes. Mm-hmm. Not, yes. you know, I just want this to stop. So I'm just going to say you're doing this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I think sometimes it's a lack of our emotional intelligence yes. that often leads to using this kind of language yeah. in relationships. So. No, I think that's so good. I think, you know, the last one I put, cause I mean, abuse would be the, ex- the, the last thing I, I wrote down as far as danger is it, doesn't deepen relationships it damages them mm-hmm. but I, I don't think that's just the case in the extreme examples of when someone accuses you of abuse mm-hmm. i think in like your ongoing day-to-day relationships um like e- even something a little bit milder like gaslighting mm-hmm. i i think I, I think what you said is so important because of lack of emotional awareness emotional intelligence i think let me say this in relationships i think code language is lazy language Mm-hmm. And I and I, and I, I think it is used more often to accuse than to resolve. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, kind of going back to something I said earlier, and I'm not saying this is the right thing for everybody. I, for me, what I've just decided is because I've you know, I don't know that I've ever been in a long term relationship where I've felt whatever. But th- th- there's there's been a moment or two where I I, I Maybe if I went back and dissected, there was like a gaslight thing or whatever. But but for right or wrong, better or worse, I've just decided that I'm never going to use those terms. Mm-hmm. But that if I'm feeling something, um, I'm going to, first of all, if I'm going to be in a relationship with somebody, whether friendship, romantic, whatever, I'm going to choose to trust first. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt mm-hmm. until they've proven me otherwise. And giving them the benefit of the doubt, what I'm going to try to do is explain specifically, hey, you may not have meant this, but here's how I feel. And to me, if in relationships with each other, if we can avoid inflammatory language, because to me, I've, what I think these trigger words are is yeah. they're inflammatory language. Mm-hmm. If they're not true, they're, in, they're inflaming and not healing. Mm-hmm. And, and so for me, I've just decided if, if I feel something, I'm just going to be very specific. I think the more specific you can be. Yeah. Um, as long as you're using a, a tone that could be reconciliatory, you know, and, and that can be peaceful of, hey, like, I don't know if you realize, and be specific, when you did this, 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 and this, I think a great phrase in relationships is, hey, I don't think this is your heart, but for whatever reason it made me feel this way. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think if we can do that and avoid inflammatory code language, mm-hmm. it could actually lead to healing and actually lead to deeper relationships. Or maybe if you're in a relationship and you see red flag after red flag after yeah. pattern after pattern, yeah. then 
And instead of just accusing and labeling, you just choose, you know what? I don't think me and this person are on the same yeah. page. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to choose a different path. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's a good point. That sometimes a relationship, not, not all relationships that end badly mm-hmm. is because of some type of form of abuse or manipulation. Yes. That it just might be, it hasn't gone well. Every time you get together, you fight. Every time this, yes. like you do that. And so instead of just uh, accusing them of something, and I'm not saying this sometimes that doesn't happen, but yeah. just say it's good just to get that vocabulary out of your language. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to save that for, you know, what I like to say is, and, and this was helpful for me, like I, I've gone through some experiences that, that created visceral reactions, mm-hmm. you know, that just in my journey in church leadership and other things that I wouldn't have known what it was until talking with a counselor who's mm-hmm. saying, you know, that when your body was reacting like this and this, that's very common to a traumatic response. Yeah. Okay. But I'm not going to sit there and compare what I did to go through. Oh, that's, you know, yeah. I, I'm not going to sit there and go, yeah, I've just been traumatized by this. Mm-hmm. I, I let the therapist mm-hmm. tell me, Hey, that's a traumatic response mm. out of yep. this. Oh, I, I didn't realize that, you know? Yep. And, and so I think, um, I think it is the best thing is leave the therapy speak in the room, the therapy room on the couch mm-hmm. and learn to have a, try to learn to have a vocabulary, even if you can't. And it is hard. I think in, yeah. in relationships to just express how you feel. Yes. Mm-hmm. In a moment. Yeah. Without turning it on that person and bailing on the converse, on the conflict and blaming mm-hmm. them for everything. And mm-hmm. so I, I, it's yeah. so hard to talk about. I think one of the things we just, even as we close, I'm sure, but I think we all have, there's a trepidation that we have even in talking about this mm-hmm. because we know there are so many real situations of abuse, mm-hmm. manipulation. There yeah. are people who go through real trauma. I mean, we, we yeah. talk to people all the time that Sometimes they tell your story, and go, oh, my gosh, that yes. is trauma, yes. you know? Um, not my parents were really hard and made me go to church when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's not trauma. Yeah. Um, but I, I think we, we understand that. And so mm-hmm. I think just please hear us in our heart in this is we are coming to this as experts. We're, we're, yeah. We have an understanding enough about this and conflict and human relationships, but we're just trying to throw on the table. Let's just be careful the language that we mm-hmm. use and make sure that it's appropriate yeah. and make sure that we're not using tools that we aren't equipped to handle yeah. in situations. Yeah. Cause I mean, ironically, I think we're, I'm okay to say this cause we've all talked about this publicly. All three of us have gone to therapists and counselors and mm-hmm. all three of us encourage people to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're actually pro therapy, pro counseling and mm-hmm. pro getting the help that you need for whatever you're genuinely experiencing. Mm-hmm. And we will also be the first people again to weep for and fight for true victims. And to even just say on this podcast, if you're a, a victim of abuse right now, our words are get help, call someone, get um, out of any situation in which you're in danger. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're in, if you're in truly toxic relationships, find healthy relationships. Yeah. Um, I, I think but I do think it's a conversation worth having mm-hmm. uh, because I, th- I think this out-of-context pop psychology, like you said, mm-hmm. being wielded improperly is actually hurting our relationships, not making them better. Mm-hmm. And I think, back to your victim point, I think if we, by the language we choose, create a narrative in which we are even subtly always the victim, we actually begin to ruin our lives and we lose power mm-hmm over our lives. We, the, the moment you're a victim is the moment you lose the power to change your life. Mm-hmm. The moment you lose the power to actually choose a different path. 
Um, and so unless, even if one day a therapist tells me that I am truly a victim, uh, my goal is to be to never to stay a victim. Yeah. Um, but to choose the path of someone, um, whoever comes. Good. Um, and so, good. Any final good. words, Jesse James? No, nope. I think you nailed it. No. I need, right. I need a safe space from you sometimes. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, we didn't even talk about that. No. On college campuses, safe places. The safe spaces. In other words, some, no one ever disagrees with your challenges, yeah. your point of view, or your. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Well, I think people might have some comments and. And I think we're happy for people to share them. It's yeah, a conversation. Absolutely. We love to have people engage in it. And yeah. if you've got an experience or an encounter, an account, you know, environment that you've been a part of that is one of those mm-hmm. in those categories, you know, and mm-hmm. you feel like sharing it, we, I mean, we, we love to get people's perspe- perspectives yep. on it. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. If you have questions, comments, or you disagree with us, and you're like, hey, I. I see this differently. Um, Email us podcast at the X Church. Podcast at the X Church. We're always here to engage, and uh, the whole goal of these moments is just to elevate our thinking and elevate the way we engage with the world and each other. So, thanks for tuning in. Until next week, we will see you then.